things, like to walk in, turn a chair around backward with a bang, and straddle it. As I watched, Jose lifted his shaggy head, gave Hayes a liquid-eyed, sorrowful look, and moved a chess piece from one square to another. I don't know the game well, but whatever Jose had done, it must have been something, because Hayes tossed back his head and hooted, Hot damn, boy! You pulled that one right out of your ass! Hayes looked at me with a wry smile and a genial cowboy twinkle in his eye, and I lifted one corner of my mouth in a kind of rueful facial shrug. What can you do? My face said. But don't get attached to Hayes. As he was already in the room, he's obviously not the man who walked into it, bearing the new life on his shoulders. And he doesn't finally figure into this story much. Not sure why I started with Hayes, except that in a lot of ways he's a neat little embodiment of the old life. A self-invented, smart-ish, semi-alluring wine snob disguised as a cowboy. Not unnice, with fairly amusing comments tripping off his tongue, and probably a real person under there somewhere, but possibly not. In college, I read Piers Plowman, in which this man Will goes on a journey and runs into characters like Holy Church and Gluttony. Think of Hayes as a character like that, typical denizen of Cornelia's old life. I've always found allegories kind of comforting. When you encounter people named Liar and Abstinence, you might not be crazy about them, but you know exactly what you're getting into. Another regular, Phaedra, made her entrance all blousy auburn curls, leather pants, and nursing mother breasts, and tugging a giant black pram behind her, one of those English nanny prams with high white rubber tires. Five people jumped up and nearly cracked one another's skulls trying to hold the door open for her. Phaedra directed a beseeching look at the couple sitting at the table nearest the door, a look that turned out to be unnecessary. The man and woman were already hustling up their cappuccinos, jackets, camera bags, and backpacks on metal frames, not minding a bit. Cornelia, Phaedra sang at me across the room in just the sort of musical voice you'd expect to come out of her mouth. Could you, café au lait, loads of sugar, and something sinful? We don't have table service. Phaedra made a helpless, sighing gesture with her shoulders and her long hands, indicating her child, her exhaustion, the whole ancient weight of motherhood. Phaedra was a pain. But Allegra was a different story. Bearing the coffee and a croissant, I came out from behind my counter and made my zigzag way around tables and dogs for the sake of Phaedra's baby, Allegra. And there she was wrapped in a leopard-print blanket, just waking up. A blue-eyed, translucent, bewitching witch of a baby, fresh as new bread in that smoky room. Allegra resembled Phaedra, same white skin, same glorious Carol Lombard forehead, but with carrot-orange hair that flew out in all directions. I waited for the pang. The pang came. I never saw Allegra without wanting to touch her, specifically to sleep with her in the crook of my right arm. I put the croissant and the coffee in front of Phaedra, then cradled my elbows with my hands. Allegra was asleep and making nursing motions with her mouth, because what else would babies dream about? Face it, you want one, said Phaedra.
With effort, I shifted my gaze from gorgeous child to gorgeous pain-in-the-ass mother. See that? said Phaedra. You had to literally drag your eyes away from her. Ouch, I thought, and then sat down to talk for a minute. Phaedra's misuse of the word literally having created a warm spot in my heart. Tiny, but large enough to prompt a five-minute conversation. How's business? I asked. Phaedra was a jewelry designer. Not good. I'm starting to think people just don't get it, said Phaedra. Her signature pieces, or what would be her signature pieces if anyone bought and wore them, were made out of sea glass and platinum, a juxtaposition of the ordinary and the extraordinary, Phaedra claimed, that forced one to rethink one's perceptions of value and preciousness. Maybe people didn't get it. Or maybe they got it, but didn't feel sufficiently moved to shell out $800 for a bracelet made out of old Heineken bottles. Phaedra lifted her coffee to her lips, eyeing me brightly through the steam. Cornelia, what if you wore some of the pieces in the cafe, just to generate interest? Her tone suggested the idea had just popped into her head. In fact, this was the third time she'd asked. I can't wear jewelry at work, I said, not elaborating, but rolling my eyes in a way I hoped suggested some unseen powers that be who hovered over me forbidding jewelry. The truth was that I never wore jewelry anywhere, ever. I'm five feet tall and built like a preteen, 85 pounds soaking wet, as my father says. And my fear is that, given my smallness, jewelry will make me look like a giga or doodad, a spangly ornament to hang on a tree. It's a shame, too, because I adore it. Not so much Phaedra's kind, cool, angular objects, but serious jewels. Diamonds, cuffs and chokers, brooches like shooting stars, tiaras, Jean Harlow jewels, Irene Dunn on the ship in Love Affair. Allegra stirred in her leopard print nest, yawned and shot out a fist. Phaedra lifted her onto her lap, instantly dipping her swan neck, dropping her face into the orange hair, breathing in her child's scent. An authentic gesture automatic, unstudied. I felt prickles shoot down my arms. I touched a finger to Allegra's hand and she gripped it hard and hung on. You should have one, you know, said Phaedra, harping, and this instantly got my hackles up, until I saw her face, which was something like kind. Phaedra was always a better person with Allegra in her arms. So I just trilled a little laugh and said breezily, me with a baby, can you imagine? Of course I can, perfectly, said Phaedra, and so can you. While I resented her smug smile, and while I'd have died before admitting it to her, I had to admit to myself that she was, at least, partly right. I couldn't imagine it perfectly, but I could imagine it. Had imagined it, in fact, more than once. Every time, what brought me to my senses was my conviction that before a person dropped a new life into this world, she should probably get a real one herself. The truth was, I was treading water, and had been, for some time. 
If you're wondering why a 30-something woman who had gone to all the trouble of attending a university and slogging through medieval allegorical texts had risen no higher on the career food chain than cafe manager, I don't blame you. I wondered myself. And the best answer I'd come up with was that I hadn't figured out anything better. Not yet. If I were to ever have a full-fledged vocation, as opposed to a half-assed avocation, I needed to love it. And in my experience, it isn't always easy to figure out what you love. You'd think it would be, but it isn't. Also, if you stayed in it for any length of time, like any place else, a cafe becomes a world. I felt suddenly weary, looking at Phaedra and Allegra and the shining black pram. And if a woman weighing less than 90 pounds can be said to heave herself, I heaved myself out of my seat and lugged myself back to my spot behind the bar. All of which is meant to demonstrate the ordinariness of the day, and how the ordinariness was even taking on shades of dreariness and futility, because you have to understand what my life was like in the before in order to see just how much it changed in the after. Ordinary, ordinary. Except that, and I honestly believe this Linny's poo-pooing of movie moments notwithstanding, just before, a minute before the cafe door opened one more time, the ordinary day turned itself up a notch in preparation. The light falling through the high, arched windows went from mellow to brilliant, turning the old copper of the espresso machine to pure gold. And the music, Sarah Vaughan, whom I worship, singing George and Ira, whom I worship, was suddenly floating and dipping like some kind of bird in the clear space above the cigarette smoke and chit-chat. The coffee smelled sublime. The flowers I'd bought that...